Before we begin today's show, we'd like to take a moment to point you in the direction of our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash indie by design. By pledging just a few dollars a month, you're supporting us and helping us dedicate more time to producing the Indie by Design podcast. You're playing a part in pushing forward our plans to improve the quality of the show and increase the number of weekly episodes that we release. And you're getting some great rewards in return, including early access to episodes and the option to come more involved in the show. Whatever the case, our Patreon page is a great way to keep up to date with all the information on our live streams of indie games, newly released video and audio content, and stay up to date with what we've got planned for the future in regards to existing projects and entirely new ones that we're currently working on. Just go to patreon.com forward slash indie by design for more info. Thanks for listening and on with the show. Welcome everyone to the Indie by Design podcast, the show about great games and their creators. This is episode 12 and we're talking to Variable State's co-founder Jonathan Burrows about the design, creation and reaction to their 2016 release, Virginia, which recently performed incredibly well at the 2017 BAFTA Games Awards. I'm John Robertson and I'll be your host for this episode. You can follow Indie by Design to stay up to date with all of our podcasts, books and editorial on games on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube at Indie by Design or by visiting our website indiebydesign.net. If you'd like to leave us a review on your preferred podcasting platform, then that would be very much appreciated. Is it a game? Isn't it a game? This is a question that's becoming increasingly popular in discussion about certain games and has certainly, for better or worse, been the central topic around which a lot of criticism of Variable States Virginia has revolved. Here we talk to the studio's co-founder, Jonathan Burrows, about his reaction to that question, whether it's a meaningful one, what the design goals of Virginia were, and much more over the course of the interview coming up. If you have ever played Virginia, and we recommend that you do, or at least watch some of the playthrough we have on our YouTube channel, you'll know that it's a game that celebrates ambiguity and subjectiveness in storytelling, and it's discussion about these aspects through which we kick off our conversation with Jonathan. The, the, the game started off being, I think it's fair to say in its earliest days, it was almost like a, a bit of a David Lynch pastiche, but I think away from that opening as, as time went on but but what's very much the case with David Lynch's storytelling is there is that ambiguity and that that the, 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 the subjectiveness with uh, what, what any individual gets from from one of his works is that he doesn't uh, it's not clear-cut it's not straightforward what the, the, the intent behind a piece is and, and that's that was something we wanted to to get in in, in Virginia that isn't to say that the storytelling would be arbitrary. I think that, that I think it's right that people look for specific meaning, and there certainly were ideas behind the game and the intent behind the game and its story. But uh, but I think it was important to us that it it wasn't so straightforward at the end that people could, could say, "All oh, right, that's that's definitively what that is," and there'd be a consensus on it. We wanted there to be um, conversations around it, and it to be up to individual players to get some personal meaning out of it. Mm. So, in that sense, then, have you? Um, refrained from describing the work. I think there's um, uh, or sort of your um, interpretation of the work, whether that's objective or, or or whether that's your own subjective reading into it. I think there's um, I think it was Picasso that said, you know, he, he would always, I'm sure he's not the only one, but he would never never um, explain the meaning behind any of his paintings because to do so would immediately sort of invalidate its 
its value. Yeah, no, I have a few reasons for it. So I think I, I agree with that completely. I think I can only detract from what people uh, feel about it. Like if I, you know, it sort of it collapses the, the, the possibility mm. in the space of, of what the meaning of the, the thing could be. If I give a definitive meaning, then all these wonderful uh, individual interpretations become invalidated. So I wouldn't want to do it for that reason. But also, I mean, enough time has passed now, and I, I you know, I was in a very the game was in development for many years and we as creators were in different mindsets over the course of its development, different reasons for different ideas. Enough time has passed now that I don't think I could completely uh, with certainty say what the reasons for, for, for any for, for, for some of the decisions made made in it were. Um, and, and also being a product of three creators some some part of the storytelling is mine but some parts of it are Lyndon's and some parts of it Terry's. Mm. And so I can speak for, for those two. So I suppose that's a convenient way of dodging, <laughs> dodging, dodging, dodging. But no, I certainly wouldn't want to uh, try and explain it. Yeah, so that's interesting. And even though it's a it's a team um, that worked together to create the game, you still see there um, each of you is having your own um, sort of individual and maybe uh, your own individual impact and maybe an impact that's... Um, you know, you see the work in a different way than the other guys. You certainly had conversations afterwards, like, like just to, to, and one during during the making as well, to, to discuss what we what we felt. Like, like we would describe a scene or an idea or a piece of imagery that we that 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 one of us wanted to put into the game, and we'd talk around it. And and, it, and often the reason for including it would be. Uh, it wouldn't be necessarily that oh this is the, the this this absolutely services the plot. It might just be that an idea has a nice aesthetic to it, mm. or that it conveys uh, an emotion or something like that. And then uh, after that, seeing it in context in the game, we could talk about well how how does that how do we interpret that individually? And often my my reading of a scene would be different to Lyndon's or Terry's, or the emotional response we get from it would be different. Um, I mean we we I mean. Broadly, we t- we sort of have a, a quite shared view of, of the mm. thing, but, but there are details like the ending in particular. I think we take quite different views of what happens to the characters and how the, the, the what, how optimistic or or how how bleak we find the story. Um, so that, that's interesting, I guess. Mm. Yeah, so about someone um, I forget who it was now, but someone described conceptual art to me as um, the artist, the, the creator themselves creates, you know, 60, 70, 80% of the circle, and then it's up to up to the audience to fill in the rest, and that's what creates that kind of everlasting appeal um, and, and that sort of individuality and that connection between the the artist and the and the um, the the audience. But it's interesting that it seems on the creator side for you there's a sort of shared maybe x percentage but then each of the individual creators can fill in their own part of the the circle as well i'm not sure that sort of i mean maybe it does but i'm not i haven't really heard of anyone in games or or whatever really speak of speak of the the relationship that each of the individual members of the team have with a game in that way before it's, i think it's, and it, uh, i feel very strongly it extends beyond the three of us as writers as well but it'll be uh it's like a game is a, a, a multimedia work it's certainly part of that storytelling will be in the, the visuals and the artwork and the sound design but i, I think even in details of the the the, the 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 mechanics and the feel of the thing will 
we'll put the player in a particular mindset or we'll you know we'll will have an influence on how they're feeling moment to moment so i think like every individual has has made a, a you know there's just some reflection of them in in the, in the finished work and also i mean the, the way the game is made it being a long process and a very collaborative and a very malleable process that, that at some point relatively early in the game's development a plan was made for how the story should play out and then that was iterated on and adapted as as the thing became more tangible and ideas that existed on paper were invalidated or spawned better ideas in the course of making it. So, 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 so I, I feel very uh, confident and, and, and sort of uh, and like the fact that although perhaps there, there was at some point a really specific intent that changed over the course of the making of the thing too. And I think, and I think actually, even when a project is a creative project. Uh, is is uh, embarked upon with a specific goal in mind, and that's religiously adhered to. I think for various reasons, like like maybe even that the creator themselves is you know you often hear of, of, of someone going in with a particular intent to their work to convey a particular message, but in the doing the, the, the finished thing actually doesn't serve that goal at all. People can get deluded, or or what exists in your head is impossible to translate into your medium that you're working in. So I think I think. It, I feel much more confident thinking of uh, the creative work as standing on its own, separate from its creators, once it's been birthed into the uh, you know, into, into the, the forum where it's consumed, and mm. then it stands on its own two feet. Yeah. Was it difficult to get that balance between working towards the, the initial um, sort of project outline and whatever form that was, and staying malleable to, to kind of adapt as, as you go on? Is it difficult to get that balance between, you know, um, being adaptable, but also, you know, in the end, just actually making something that is finished. Because, um, you know, I suppose you could go too far the other way and, and you just keep changing it and keep changing it, keep bringing in new ideas and inspirations. And, you know, the whole thing gets, you know, it's just a, it's just a never ending process of kind of adaptation and, and change. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I've heard enough uh, other, other creators say, you know, I echo this this statement before, but I think Virginia, as it exists, is 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 it exists in the form it does because there was a there was a point where we had to stop working, mm. and we could have we we there were there were plenty of things on task lists and things that, that that we talked about that we could have done and would have done in you know had we had an extra week there would have been an, a week's worth of extra work done on it and changes that we had in our minds, but these things I mean it's a horrible it's a it's a it's a, it's a Often used cliche, I think creators saying work is work comes to an end. It's never finished. It mm. just comes, comes to an end. I think I think that's that applies to Virginia as well. So we were in those last weeks, like like uh, it, it felt more than any game I've ever worked on before. Much more like the process of, of, of editing a film, mm. because of the way the game was structured. We were uh, making changes to scene lengths and to the specific. The quality of cuts, like trying to align cuts with bits of music, or even Linda would go and make uh, minor changes to, to pieces of music, so we could change how a scene would end or how long it would last. And and so so that contracting and extending the relative lengths of scenes, doing little bits of changes to performance. I guess that isn't really like a editing a film at all. It's, it's, it was, I suppose it's stuff being in, in so much more in service of the feel of the thing and conveying the right emotions uh, to that level of detail. Typically, working on a mechanics-y game, you'll be uh, bug fixing, you know, problem areas or, or or balancing things for kind of the 
exhilaration of the the game and whereas we were sort of balancing a particular scene oh you know this doesn't feel poignant enough or you know like the uh the, you know the, the drama is lost in this scene because it goes on too long compared to the next those mm. sorts of decisions we're doing yeah so what was the um i mean you know you're talking about different sort of um scenes and and, and sensations that you want to that you want to um communicate there like what what was the initial um kind of goal what was the initial inspiration on a on a thematic level was it was it to was it to provide a a certain kind of emotion or sensation to the player or 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 was the original inspiration a certain specific like set of plot points that you wanted where you wanted to tell or all of those things kind of always um they were never one or the other they were always a, a, a cohesive presence in your mind i think um I think some of the things that, I'm, I, I, that I feel most characterised with Virginia now came certainly came much later. I think the earliest conversations were about the shape it should take were, were quite practical. So the need for uh, well, the desire for there to be a, uh, a, a two characters which would would help uh, uh, from a sort of functional perspective for storytelling that they'd be detectives, and so that would allow them access. It would, give, it would give you a reason to be going to the, the, the places that you do, having access to locations, or uh, I'm trying, trying to, have to describe it. If you're a detective, you can turn up at somebody's house mm. uninvited and, and enter into their lives in, in a way that you can't if you, uh, you're a character in a different role. Mm. So, that, 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 that. So, so, so a lot of, a lot of it was just, uh, oh, you know, this, this would be useful to, 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 to open up the possibilities of the story. And then as time went on, it was like the, the specific relationship between the two main characters. I think I think in earlier conversations we envisaged that being a romantic relationship, mm. and then as time went on, we we thought no, it would actually be what what's done less in storytelling. I think it's fair to say in in in, in sort of film and, and, and video game storytelling, a story is just about a friendship and and how and you know and and, and, and there's just as much drama uh, in a in a friendship as there is in a you know in a a, a more intimate relationship. So we we veered towards that. Uh, and, and, and just over time, the, the details got added in, and, and when you make like like um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right the right analogy, but it, but it, but it, you get to a place where once you've got a, a rough shape of, of a thing, as you start to add detail into one part, that has repercussions for decisions you made in other parts, and you're sort of always shifting around. This very uh, in, everything is in, becomes interconnected very quickly. Mm. And, and so that, that, light on certain ideas that myself Terry and then would excite us more than other ideas and focus attention on those and and and, and, and that's really how it how, how, how it evolved um yeah it's a very vague and it's all right it's a it's a strange and confounding game I'm, I'm expecting strange and confounding answers <laughs> um yeah so you guys are on on the on the writing side there was it a case of that um was it like riffing off of each other? Was it, you know, meetings and chats and loads of ideas were kind of coming up all over the place or or, or was it sort of more um, sedate and considered than that? So, so we started working on the game, I think it was in January 2014, myself and Terry got together and decided we were going to make something ourselves. And then very early on, we, uh, like we I think we spent a couple of months dithering 
you know, pursuing ideas that were too ambitious and arranging things in a little bit. And then we played 30 Flights of Loving, which became mm. this, this very, um, this really crystallized thing. And we really wanted to pursue that game's approach to, to using film editing in, uh, and, uh, as, as, in, as part of an interactive experience. And so that's when we knew the approach we were going to take. And then very quickly we, we realized, oh, music's going to be very important to conveying the drama and the emotion of the scenes in the absence of dialogue. So, uh, Lyndon came onto the project and then I think up until sort of our, our immediate objective was getting a prototype together that we could uh, you know we could do something with I don't think we sort of considered oh, maybe we'll kickstart something or we'll put it in front of publishers or we'll we'll do something we'll, 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 at the very least we'll take it to trade shows and then we took it to EGX that year um, the, the Eurogamer trade show and then at, but at that point really all we had were collection of nice scenes that we liked and we didn't really have much of a vision like we, the, the, there was this little demo that lasted for about 15 minutes and it was very open-ended and didn't reach any sort of conclusion but sort of set the stage for what the, the tone would be and, and who the characters were and then i think took almost the i, I think that was in september that year and i i, I seem to remember it was just october november december that year it was almost daily meetings just over skype like we all i live in london linden lives in London as well, but in a completely different part. Terry lives in Dublin and Ireland. So we always just, we've always worked remotely. But just having daily meetings over Skype, uh, and it was really slow work. We'd talk about a scene or a, uh, a little character arc or something like that that we were interested in, and then all go away and think how to expand it or, 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 or think of things inspired by that and come back together and, and talk about it further. And then slowly, slowly, we ended up with this big Excel spreadsheet full of all the scenes in the game, all of the uh, um, all of the the detail that we would we would be able to translate into the interactive version. Mm. Was it always a, a process of um, agreement, or you know, did different people have different ideas? I mean, I'm sure there were on on a, on a detail level, but like drastically different ideas as to where the narrative might or or should go, or how it was presented. There was oh, there was certainly there were certainly differences of opinion. I don't, that said, I, we're tremendously lucky that the, the three of us just seem to. We do have. We're definitely drawing from. We have some interest in film and, and TV and music and, and such. So we're often drawing from the same pool of uh, inspirations. And if not, then the kind of things that one of us will uh, uh, suggest the others might might might, might like to, to to look at as a source of inspiration. Well, our tastes are, are fairly similar, so it's always that that side of things is always very enjoyable and very painless. But I think inevitably. Uh, even if you, even if we're working on a thing which we've discussed, we've described to each other in some detail, while it's in the abstract, while it just exists of words on words on a page, each of us is carrying a very different mental image of, of what that is, or or is extrapolating that out to a place different to what each of us are. And so, and so, a lot of the disagreements would be we we'd come back and someone would just you know over a weekend say somebody got very passionately taken. Mm idea down a particular route and they got very invested in it but the other two wouldn't be so uh, in, you know invested in, in that i try i don't know how we reconcile that it was it was a, it was a really exhausting process actually like not like just just mentally exhausting like you'd, you'd work on you'd, you'd talk for an hour and then you would have to not talk for a little while and then come back together and someone really got sick of each other but, um, but i'd never done anything like that before i suppose that's equivalent to the the kind of experience like writers in a writer's room on a TV show must have. Like, mm. It's not something I've ever done. Even when I've written for games before, it, it's tended to be 
uh, quite solitary thing. So that collaborative writing experience was uh, was really new, but but really good. Like uh, that's definitely if we do another game in the Virginia style uh, or anything that's got a, you know, a story focus, I'd love to to, to 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 take that approach again. I think it's mm. really good. Yeah. And I mean, you've mentioned film a, a few times and and TV just there, and I, and I don't want to um, I don't want to sort of dwell on that idea of that question of whether it is or or games of this type are games at all. But I'm I'm curious um, about the film and TV kind of um, comparison in that why it was that you chose to go down the game route um, with 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 this idea I, I suppose I mean you know whether whether any other whether any doubts about whether it would work in a game or, or what um, the audience reaction might be to this to this sort of form of of narrative um, so, so I, I think I can say something it was always going to be a game that I've made. I've only ever worked in this game, so mm-hmm. I, I, I worked in studio game development for about ten years prior to, to, to setting up uh, Variable State and doing the indie thing. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to, to, to make anything kind of in the medium. I know nothing about the process of making making a film, um, for example. Um, but I think I think and so 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 playing First Bites of Loving was a real gave us an awful lot of confidence that this approach could work and then we knew like we would we would we saw that, that that there were opportunities to do interesting and imaginative cuts and and to use that approach to tell a story which uh didn't wasn't the unbroken real time uh of of most video game storytelling where you're with the main character every step of the way you know going on a going on a uh, a continuous journey that we could jump between time frames, we could jump between locations, uh, only stay in scenes as long as as was necessary for the drama. So we, we knew the approach could work, and we could embellish that with character animation, character performance, and, and other interactions as well. Um, but we were, I think, and I, and I think actually, in hindsight, I think we just didn't care all that much if there was 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 or wasn't an audience for it, which seems really reckless, actually, <laughs> in terms of terms of the sustainability of, of the studio like thinking of things as a business but we didn't i guess i think we had a lot of confidence that there would be that there would be an audience out there because we were coming right off the back of so that was early 2014 and 2013 i think had gone home just come out and mm. i think it's probably the case in kentucky route zero and obviously prior to that games like dear esther had done very well and i think everybody's gone to the rapture had already been announced and there was a real comp we had a real confidence i think that there were there, there were these experimental mechanics light story led games uh, out there already that were finding an audience and we felt that we could add something to that uh, to that movement or you know to that what, what was going on there and it would be sufficiently differentiated from those that it would be a you know it'd be it'd be, it'd be a, a meaningful offering it wouldn't just be um, mm. it wouldn't just be you know a longer 35 to something we would we, we, We'd be able to do things that were different, even if it was just a different story. That would be meaningful enough. But we felt we could do a little bit more than that as well. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. And if you're motivated to delve deeper into game design and game designers, then do make sure you check out Independent by Design: Art and Stories of Indie Game Creation. 
is a hardback book combining inside stories focused on specific studios and individuals informed by tens of hours of original interviews with compelling pages of original artwork and concept documents. 26 studios are included, including Chinese Room, Introversion, Devolver Digital, Frictional Games and more. Go to IndieByDesign.net to get your copy today. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube at IndieByDesign and our website, as well as being a portal through which to listen to this podcast and buy our book, is full of interesting editorial content for you to read. Again, that's at IndieByDesign.net. We'd also like to remind you of our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash IndieByDesign. We really are dedicated to keeping the show going, improving its quality and increasing the number of weekly episodes. We also really want to keep it free of any sort of advertising. Your support can make that happen. In return, our patrons receive regular additional and exclusive content, the option to get more involved in our community and much more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash indie by design. We begin the second half of our show with Jonathan Burrows explaining the logistics of getting Virginia made and the relationship that Variable State built with publisher 505 Games to help make that happen. You know, it's, it's scary embarking on a game anyway, as well as all the other parts of setting up like setting up a business and hiring people and things like that. And so often I think we were just distracted by the practicalities of that and weren't thinking about mm. things much beyond the making of, of our first game. Mm. But uh, and every credit to 505 as well, like, like I, I've worked in studios I've worked on, worked at in the past, uh, I've worked for, worked for higher companies whose sure. business has been p- pitching to publishers and, and doing games uh, with a close relationship with a publisher who who will come in and, and see how you're getting on. And I've worked on projects where the publishers have exerted a lot of creative influence on a project. And that wasn't the case with 505. We were sort of expecting that it might be, and then it didn't turn out to be at all. They really uh, gave us in, incredible creative latitude, so, mm. which which is... is uh, very admirable. So it's yes. Yeah, so, so it's uh, for, for, for good or for ill. It's it's definitely um, it's definitely our game. It's it's our what, what we. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I was going to say it's our vision because I don't think that's quite right. Because I don't think it was it was definitely this this malleable production where it isn't what ended up isn't what we had in our mind's eye back at the start of 2014. But it's definitely obviously it's it's not it's not been. Uh, uh, shoehorned to fit a particular commercial car. Yeah. I wonder if it's um, one of those instances in which, um, I mean, video games have changed so much over the years, and um, I wonder if you think Virginia and, and other games that you've, that you've mentioned there, like Gone Home and um, 30 Flights and those sort of things, whether these are examples of things where the term game is maybe brings a connotation to it that isn't that isn't accurate because um, you know there's nothing to there's nothing to win or lose which which sets up which is what you think about when you say game like there, there's some sort of competition happening there yeah but I, I see it the other way around i think it's our, i think it's um the understanding of what the term game means has mm. changed i i, I, would, I would imagine uh, to, to a lot of people, to ask them what a game is, they, their their thoughts would alight first on video games before sports or traditional board games or anything like that. And I, I think I think I think it's just uh, I, this is a relatively recent phenomenon that the kind of video games that the category that I guess the kind of that Virginia sits amongst. But I think we've already expanded our understanding of what a game is to to 
to, to mean more than just competition. Like, like a lot of single player games aren't really about you know competing with anything. They're much more like something like Uncharted. Mm. Although there 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 are notionally you know failure conditions and you know it's about winning something. I think it's I think the creative emphasis of that of those games is much more than telling a story. And 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 so I think that's that's like you know like when we think of phone these days. We're not, we're, it, you know, it's not purely a, you know, it's it's a portable computer more than it's a, uh, you know, a, a, a sound-based telecommunications device. I think uh, a game these days just really means anything from sport to interactive art. I think it, it's just that the term has become much looser. And mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I don't want to get too. Um, well, I mean, I am going to get caught up in it, but I don't want to get too caught up in in sort of terminology. But I'm also I also curious to to hear what you you make of the term um, walking simulator. Do you, do you think that's? Um, I mean, I mean, you might not even have an opinion on it. I mean, do, do you think um, the, the sort of the? I mean, how, I suppose how the question is how far do you think? Um, specifying labels is is a useful enterprise, um, and I and I mean on a um, on a sort of creation level. I, I mean I fully understand it on a press level or a or a sort of um, a communicating to an audience to, to to determine their expectation. But I mean on a creator level, in are you is it a useful to think about what you're creating within that? sense of that label in order to sort of galvanize and constrain and focus what you're what you're making i mean do, do you do you look at it in that way yeah so i think it's a few things to that. so regarding walking simulator i mean it's a it's a silly term mm. that was uh, that was formulated originally to be disparaging towards yeah kind of uh games that were light on mechanics but uh but it seems to have been Appropriated to yeah. people that make those games, mm-hmm. and it's a term that it's not going to go away. So I think it's pointless to fight it. Like obviously, it's it's fairly prominent on uh, Steam and things like that these days. So I think I think uh, it's fine to <laughs> to, uh, to live with the silliness of it. Yeah. And, and and as for genre labels in general, I mean, I guess like this is definitely a conversation as a as a teenager. I recall coming up uh, around music, and it must be a, a conversation that's existed in literature and prior to that. For, for, for years before, like how useful genre distinctions are versus how prohibitive they are. Mm. I think I think they're unavoidable because I think people need to categorize stuff. Uh, you know, as as an audience member, it's useful to categorize stuff so you know you're going after a particular thing. As a creator, it, it, I guess it is actually kind of useful because you can decide to what extent you're going to work within the constraints of genre, or you're going to uh, subvert the, the 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 genre that you see yourself working within or if you choose to ignore genre entirely so i think it's you know it's i wouldn't i think it's pointless to say we should ignore it or to try and uh remove those labels because they have a value and 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 they they, and they there are other things that work to keep them there and reinforce them And and, and and for people i think people instinctively try to uh you know reduce reduce uh, uh you know when in describing something being complicated like a work of art you want to try and reduce things down just so that you can just, you have a shorthand for describing them to other people um so i've sort of wandered off topic a bit here but, uh 
but yeah, so no, so I think I think it, it's pointless to try and try and uh, be too uh, to, to reject them too strongly. I think as a creator, it's just it, it's 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 a creative choice, like how you use them. Do you, do you want to make a genre piece? Do you do you, do you want to 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 try and defy them or not? Uh, mm. but, uh, I don't know. Does that does that answer the question? Does that? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Well, no, it's certainly an interesting response anyway. So so I suppose yeah, at, at what at what um uh what end of the scale were were you maybe looking towards? Were you were you trying to subvert the the walking simulator sort of ideal or or were you very much kind of always grounded within its within its accepted um sort of construction and and um, presentation to players. I certainly don't think we were thinking of things in those terms. I don't think we were really using <laughs> using the phrase "walking simulator" much. Mm. So I remember actually in twenty fourteen, I think there was someone. I think it was like I think it was Adam Smith from Rock Paper Shotgun. We did an interview with, mm. and he maybe asked us what I like is the game a walking simulator. I think that was the first time we'd, we'd sort of considered it in much. Uh, like and I, I think I think we said yes. Like it seemed it seemed <laughs> to call it that, but uh, I don't think we were we were ever thinking about things in those terms. Making it, I think it was more we had seen with games like Gone Home and others, like, and uh, the the you what was happening when you re- re- took away a lot of the mechanics is that you weren't getting a lesser experience. You in fact were tightening uh, some of the storytelling or in. And, uh, in a meaningful and interesting way, that that where a game which uh, a, a game where uh, say a first-person story-like game which has uh, that's very mechanics-led and has very specific ways with which the player can engage with the world that they inhabit. So, so as you know, like a common example would be a, a shooting game. Mm. Then, I mean, that informs the kind of story that you're going to tell. You're going to tell a story about a soldier or a murderer or or a killer of some kind. Um, and if you take that away, then actually it can become, uh, it, you know, you can be much, uh, you, you know, it, it, it actually liberates you in terms of the kind of stories you, you can tell. And certainly in, in terms of the kind of uh, emotional experiences I think you can elicit from, from players. I think, you know, mechanics games can often just be about acceleration and gratification and, you know, the, the, the thrill of the moment. And whereas Gone Home, was was touching upon uh, very different feelings, you know, powerfully nostalgic at times. There's you know this the sense of uh, the sort of the, the, the dread that that, that that fills that game, and, and others besides. I'm just talking about my own. I don't want to say that's categorically what mm-hmm. the game elicits, yeah. but that's those what I got from it, and 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 that's what we wanted to try and achieve with Virginia. I think that we were excited to see, particularly with character performance thrown into the mix as well. Whereas Gone Home is a very solitary experience we were seeing oh well, what if we put other characters in there as well mm. um what, what what could we do with that yeah 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 the performance the performance is um is interesting because um you know obviously it's a it's a silent game in, in the sense that there's no spoken spoken dialogue when um at what point did um did you decide that that was the the angle that you're going to take and and why why did you come to that decision 
So, so it was relatively early on. We decided that we weren't going to do speech, and it was, and it was entirely because we were too scared to, uh, right? The um, because we knew the, the work that would be involved. So at all levels, so we knew that they would have to, there'd be, uh, we, you know, we were cautious of, of dialogue writing. We weren't, we weren't completely convinced that'd be a strength of ours. Uh, well, we knew, so I suppose we knew to to get a really good quality of. Um, in-game dialogue, it would it would rest on on, on a whole load of things that would all have to be to quality. So we'd have to write good dialogue. We would have to cast the right people, uh, get good performances from them, and then have to come up with a, a system for interacting with characters, having conversations with them that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't get in the way of the kind of game that we, we saw Virginia being, which would be this quite quick, you know, f- something moving at kind of a film pace. That, that's a ridiculous phrase because films move at different paces. But, mm-hmm. I guess we knew that we'd be cutting between scenes quite mm-hmm. quite regularly, and that that would that would dictate a certain tempo to the game. And and we could see, I think, in our mind's eye that the, 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 the coming and doing something say, in the kind of traditional RPG way, where you go up to a character, interact with them, and then you're in like a multiple choice dialogue system, that might not might not work. Uh, that, that's where our thoughts were. I mean, that this this kind of reveals actually a lack of imagination on our part, the fact that we didn't have the we didn't. I think I think more what it was that we, we saw there was a, a need to prototype to, to to do to figure out how that would work and when looking at all the things that we would have to do well the character animation the and the the editing and getting the editing to work with the music those I think we saw as the highest priorities mm-hmm. and so that so we, we kind of just made the decision early on well let's not do do dialogue uh, and as it went on as the game went on it was an incredibly <laughs> useful Great constraints on the writing, mm. and then later on, actually, it, we knew from the start we had this ambition for the, the game to be ultimately very open to interpretation, and that the elimination of dialogue completely served that goal. Although it wasn't the reason that we we, we did it, I'm, I'm glad at the end, by at the end of the project, I was glad that we had done it because I think it it, it, it allowed you to project so much more onto the characters or mm. to, to 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 try and interpret what the, was the, the you know what was what was being left unsaid in, 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 by the characters, and I think that's that, that I was really pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, I like. Um, I um, I've always been a fan of works, um, and I suppose David Lutzer falls into this category. But I'm more thinking of people kind of like um, writers like Kurt Vonnegut or um, Gabriel Marquez and people like that, where they leave a, like a lot of gaps in the writing in a positive sense, in that it allows your mind the space to kind of interact with the work that bit more and and create that um, that sort of sense of feeling within the world, like the, the author is um, you know, actively working to pull you in by for by leaving doors open for you to 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 enter. Are you kind of inspired by? that kind of writing uh, on in a, in a general sense or it might not be writing it could be poetry or music or, or film or, or or anything that leaves that kind of the, those those spaces that for you know I don't I don't want to be derogatory but you know some some people might consider that you know there's a there's a lack of content here but actually that's that's not the case at all no, I think that's I, I think that's really interesting. I can't actually say that that I think you've articulated something with great clarity there, but I don't think I've I've, I've necessarily assembled in my thoughts uh, in that way before. But it, it I think I but I but I definitely 
see that the value of that as uh, from a cinematic perspective the, the gaps you leave between scenes as you choose to cut from one to the next you know if, you know in, in, in its most basic form uh from a continuity editing point point of view that's done for you know brevity where you don't need to show the character taking a very long journey but it can be done for the purposes of meaning of course and and montage techniques and soviet filmmaking being the, the, the origins of that and and how actually the removal of information forces the the viewer to create the the imagery in their mind or or, or to, to pause and and think what the the, the you know what, what what the meaning is there and of course you're completely right that's absolutely the case in in literature and other mediums as well. So I think I think probably we were all aware of that from a filmmaking perspective, and that's what we talked about the most in terms of how we would translate or we would achieve the equivalent in a in a game. But you're 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 right. I, I think that I mean I, I don't know I don't know to what degree I'm drawn to stories specific stories with that for that particular reason. But I you know sort of retroactively it seems to make sense that would, that's that's uh, that's probably something that makes works particularly fascinating is where there is that as you, you described it as interaction i think that's completely true that when you're reading a novel um it is an interactive experience mm. um, because because there's a process of translation going on you're having to turn the, the the words into images in your mind and so on. Yeah. yeah well it's always a pet peeve of mine a little bit when because uh, i i studied film at university and and I, I, it's always a little bit of a pet peeve when you sort, of, you, you sort of get these um, descriptions of film as a passive medium and games as an interactive medium. Okay, yeah, on a physical level that might be true, but I think on a deeper level that's not that's not at all true. Um, and yeah, the Soviet filmmaking um, um, reference there. I mean, um, yeah, like Battle, Battleship Potemkin, I suppose, would be like the. Uh, 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 a sort of an, an obvious um, sort of film for those 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 early editing techniques, but in the sense in which Virginia is edited, in that you you're moving and then suddenly the scene cuts, or um, she's you're looking into the mirror and then you open it and you close it, and then there's been a cut there that that's invisible, but then you suddenly become aware of it as she's as she's changed clothes. There's not very many games that um, really edit in that way without taking um, control away from the player. I mean, it's normally done from a cutscene or through a loading screen or or whatever it was. Is, was there a sense that you're kind of treading largely uncharted ground there were were you um i suppose was there a lack of kind of reference points for you to look at yes so 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 it was it was it was why we, we were so impressed by 30 fights of love in march 2014 and chung's game because it was it was such an elegant it was such an elegant Device like that he had, he had device problems. So this was this is a technique that that I think anyone that's watched film or television is is at least subconsciously aware of. This is just the this is the vocabulary of film that the, the, the you know that the, 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 the storytelling doesn't take place in a single unbroken take. That we the camera snaps around and there are these gulfs in time and space, and you just accept it and it's fine. It's not jarring at all. But then it's not done in in games. But what is done in games, and I think what is done in most like if you've worked on a, uh, a first or third person action adventure game as a designer or developer, in the course of making one of those, debugging the, the, the levels and so on, you're, you're often teleporting yourself around 
levels and 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 so on just just you know all, all the time just in order to skip through sections in order to try and solve a problem or something um but and having done that myself i've never once done that and, and my thought equated that to uh the process of film editing that the, the two have always been completely separate mm. brendan chung obviously must have done that at some point and and saw oh no these two things are completely analogous and then created an experience which which made that plain and clear and i thought that was just so uh, I was really inspired, like in its elegance. That it was the technology was all there. He didn't have to invent a new engine or anything to make this happen. He just applied something that people have been doing for decades and 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 and, and use it as a storytelling device. But that was our only touchstone, really, for mm. for that that approach being done in an interactive way. As you say, like it, you see, you know, you see film editing often enough in cutscenes, even in first-person cutscenes in games but, but you're right control tends to be completely taken away at that point so to see it done live as was done in 30 fights of loving was spectacular right? mm. uh, and then that game only being 10 or 15 minutes long and there being only an opportunity for so many cuts um, and like where films are made to, you know today which have imaginative edits and and you know like uh, transitions between scenes that have never been seen before it felt to us, oh, you know, like if we just if we go and make our own hour and a half version of Thirty Fights of Loving, we'll inevitably be doing, you know, cuts and 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 and, and storytelling that will be fresh and original mm. to some degree, you know, like fresh and original. Even if, like, you know, I know, I know our story is greatly inspired by by uh, other works that have preceded it, but it will be original just because it's, you know, it's distilled through the minds of the particular individuals working on it. We'll mm. put our own slant on it. games and game creators visit indiebydesign.net and follow us across our social media channels at indiebydesign the indie by design podcast is brought to you from the writers and creators of independent by design art and stories of indie game creation each episode is released on wednesdays with our patrons getting the option to receive early access music is kindly provided by ben prunty